<clears throat> so bye-bye coffee shop in the sky. They paved paradise perks and put up a parking lot. No, no. So goodbye paradise perks where we had our meetings for free. The triple expressos were real strong, but sometimes I only had tea. Ah, ah. Agile Coffee, Episode 8. Welcome again to Agile Coffee. This is part three of the finale from Paradise Perks. So sad. My name is Victor Bonacci. I can be reached at Agile Coffee. Dr. Dave Cornelius to my right, Dr. Cornelius Info on Twitter. That's at Dr. Cornelius Info. Brett Palmer is at Brett underscore Palmer. And John Jorgensen at Water Scrumbon. Remember, as always, you can use the hashtag AskAgileCoffee or TellAgileCoffee and become part of this dialogue on Twitter. This is our last show from Paradise Perks, so thanks for sticking with us. You can find previous episodes on the website, AgileCoffee.com, as well as on Stitcher or via iTunes. So, without further ado, our next topic, software development is not manufacturing. Why not, Dave? Well, the reality is we're, we're, we're not dealing with machines. And, and one thing that, that I believe people forget is that software is a creative process. And it's brain work. It is not like manufacturing where you program a piece of equipment to go perform a specific action. Go stamp this piece of metal you know, every one inch. It's not a repetitive motion in that context. It's actually something that's creative. And since we're dealing with people, we're dealing with the nuances of, of the individual. Because a machine, there's not a lot of nuance. Right? When, you, when you look at it, you know, there's a variance maybe by 1% to 3%. But with human beings, it's, it's a wide range. It depends on what happened to you driving to work this morning. Someone cut you off. Someone gave you the bird. Your, your wife made you mad. And on and on and on and on. Or even your body's not working right for that day. So software development is done by people, and a lot of organizations are trying to, what I would call, um, they're, they're trying to create uh, a software development plant, yes. as to speak, where everyone, get in your little QB and give us code, and give us codes with the highest quality, always, all, and it works the same way every time. Didn't, didn't Donald Reinertsen write a book called something like The Innovation Factory or Invention Factory? Something like that. Yeah, which I, I don't know if he meant, I don't think he meant to dehumanize uh, you know, knowledge workers or, or programmers, but, but give this sort of model where you could have a little bit more predictability of, of innovative output. But the, um, the, the parallels that I would say you have with software development is, first of all, robots don't create other robots yet, right? So they're not, they're not actually doing creative things yet. And then the other is like, okay, so if it's like artwork, how likely is it that you could say take a Leonardo da Vinci, throw him in prison, make him fight a war, kill people, and then say sit down and give me the most beautiful painting you, you can in about three days 
It's just not going to happen, right? Because you've completely like ripped apart his psyche, <laughs> and and you've given him like these these really tight constraints for no apparent reason. And then where is he going to draw his inspiration from? What what stimulus from his environment is he going to get that he hasn't had so far? That's going to lead to basically innovation, which is mashups of concepts that you were exposed to. The book you're referencing is Managing the Design Factory, Donald Reinstein. Thank you very much. And in my personal life, before I ever knew anything about coding or working with teams, um, I was working for an educational uh, publisher in Japan as an editor and also working in their marketing division, and we were creating direct mailers. And what the department head would encourage us to do is to when the clock strikes five, get the heck out of the office, go someplace you've never been before. I don't care if it's a new restaurant, a new pub, talk to people you don't know. And, you know, obviously what he's trying to do is inundate us with new inputs, new yes. stimulus, so that we can create something new from that. And, and from my own experience as a software developer is that I have attempted to create software in, in the context that it's like manufacturing where I'm building special classes and different things that I could reuse to make sure that I'm a bit more efficient. But what I've discovered is as I'm solving different problems, even using these tools, that there's modifications to be made. And sometimes the modification is, is down in, at such a core level that it may have invalidated the whole set of tools that are put together in the first place. So there's a creative process that's involved in solving this problem of, of building new software. So that's the whole point of software development is not a manufacturing thing because it's hard to reproduce consistently on a day-to-day basis. So the best laid plans of mice of men, mice and men, even in the code, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. We don't know what lies in the future because we're not clairvoyant. So therefore, it's not all predictable and it is, it's, it's risk intensive. And, you know, we take calculated risks. We have to have some sort of ability to synthesize what we, what we see around us. It's tough. Yeah. Great. Brings us to our final topic for the day. Bad out of hell syndrome. Does this have to do with meatloaf? Or? Meatloaf. Oh, that's a good one, though. We don't chew the bat's head off. We just are the bat out of hell. No, that was Ozzy. Oh, that was Ozzy. Okay, but, but meatloaf. Meatloaf had the album in the 70s called Bad Out of Hell. With oh, nice. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the visual I'm trying to channel here, actually, yes. So when I go to these gatherings, uh, scrum uh, or otherwise, it's like the minute the presenter has finished... I, I I look I grab my bag and maybe maybe some business cards uh, to just go talk with people get to know them exchange ideas and by the time I look up eighty percent of the room is empty and um, I I get it that people are busy they have places that they have to go but maybe we could be budgeting our time suboptimally is what I'm trying to say so I get fifty percent of my value out of a gathering with the informal conversations that I have. Not not all of it comes Sort of from, like the water cooler, yes. the proverbial water, water cooler, cooler conversation yes. <laughs> that is happening after yes. you go to one of these networking or seminars or lectures or yeah. workshops. Training, whatever training, it is. Whatever it is. Yeah. Um, right. And, and, and so it's very frustrating to me because I, 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 I'm in the minority. I'm glad for the people that do stay longer, but I, I, I ask myself, 
what is it that they're in such a rush to go do? Maybe if I get, write a user story as a uh, attender, attendee of a, of a conference, I must leave like a bat out of hell so that I can wait in traffic for an hour. Okay, or so maybe or, what it is yeah. is as an attender of a conference and I brought my wife and kids to mm-hmm. and I have to rush back to the hotel yeah. to pick them up and have yes. dinner with them. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I don't have That's time to network and meet yep. other people. Or as somebody who is forced by my employer to attend this conference, yes. and I'm not really engaged anyway, but yep. thankful that I got to not be in the office for the week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want exactly. to race back to my hotel room so I can order room service yes. and call my friend. But Some should we actually build that into uh, <laughs> our talk, whoever yeah. the presenter is? Yeah. Should they build? a 10 to 15 minute space for us to interact. I think they should. And kind of like (laughs) how I start off my presentation is I always Uh started off the same way with people interacting and meeting each other Uh to try to create that connection. Perhaps at the end of the presentation we may say, hey, um, here's 5 to 10 minutes that I'm giving to you to actually just connect. At the yeah. end of the presentation, and then basically, then you could bat out of hell after that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know I'm going to try it. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking about a presentation that I hope to do in December, and I, I'm, I'm, that's a good idea of actually baking this in the, the yeah. whole lean coffee principle to see if we can accomplish and, and that. And to the point that Victor made um, after his presentation um, with John doing the lean coffee demonstration yesterday, um, because that was the very first topic that was presented, it got the chairs in the room that was all lined up Changed in a kind energy. of an out, yeah. when they put everything back, it was a little bit like rustled, if you were, you know, yeah. I mean, it was yeah. like, and I think that created more of an atmosphere that was more relaxed and open because Informal. then everything yeah. wasn't so rigid in the way that the room was set up. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of rank and file attitude that stifles creativity. (laughs) (laughs) And it seemed like actually um, Carlton ran into some sort of technical snafu or scheduling snafu, and then he opened up the Q and A. It was like it was like a a bomb of of engagement had gone off. Remember, like when uh, Alicia was well, Alicia finished right. essentially. It was like, okay, ten minutes. Anybody want to do Q and A? It's like, oh yeah, um, and it wasn't like some sort of you know sadistic. Let's grill the heck out of Alicia kind of thing. But there were a lot of thoughts that I had that I was wondering. Well, gosh, is anybody else in this room resonating with with these thoughts? And how would she respond Are to we them? Recording because for the listener, um, they're not going to know who Alicia is. And oh yeah, that's they're right. They're not going to know what you're talking about. Um, so there, there's this agile coach named I, I don't know her last name. Alicia, we'll get the name. Um, and she was presenting on retrospective formats, right. and it was very well prepared. She's going to be an author very soon of a book on the agile PM, and. We had some, I think, legitimate questions about how to apply this. Um, and we were able to air them when this impromptu QA session was brought in. I was also impressed with her ability to field questions, you know, just completely ad hoc. So Alicia McLean is her name? CSM, PMP, and MA. So it's, I, I think that it's a natural part of the learning process to try to ask questions, repeat back what you've heard and ask how it's relevant of your peers. It seems like it should be built in. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it would, it would make a, a huge difference to, and I think it's, it's really it's up to the presenter to to do that. Mm-hmm. Right, to, to create that space, and that's what Q and A was actually intended for, mm-hmm. uh, right? And and so if we could just modify it enough that we have the Q and A period for it to be more of a networking Q and A period among mm-hmm. peers, yeah. that would be really interesting to, to try to bring that together. So that's 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 um, a little thing for you, John. Yeah. Your next presentation. <laughs> sure. So related to Q and A, by the way, I'm curious how how much trepidation are all of us feeling? about that segment because that's the part you can't prepare for right and um i'm always impressed when i see somebody who handles it well but i'm also wondering does everybody's blood pressure rise when they get to the qa part of their presentation no because to me i'm the expert in the room i'm the expert at that moment at that time whatever question you ask me if i know the answer or not I'll give you a response, hopefully, to guide you to get the answer. That's so a great I'll attitude to have. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. Most yeah. of the time, that's the great attitude to have. You yeah. need that mindset. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like I'm the expert and here's the only answer, but I'm the expert and... What you want to say. Yeah. <laughs> here's where perhaps you could find that answer also, yeah. right? Because you may not actually know the answer to the question. Honestly, I think the collective knowledge in the room is probably greater than the person speaking at the front of the room, by and large, been my experience. And so if, if somebody gives me a question that I don't feel I'm really informed enough to speak on, I am going to throw it out to the yeah. group and say, who's, who's got some background on this? Yeah, who could add some value here? Yeah. yeah, awesome. So that brings us to the end of our topic. And what we'd like to do now that we've discussed a whole bunch of topics today is just kind of have a quick retrospective on what we thought about today's Agile Coffee. So we'll go around the room and how do you guys want to do it? Take turns or just going to pitch out ideas or start with any specific leading questions? We'll just, just jump, go in. Around the room. jump in. Pipes and gripes, well, pluses and minuses. Go for it, Brett. No, I thought this was great. This was oh. a great session. Okay. And I enjoyed the coffee that I drank that I bought at the other coffee shop that I was at. Nice. <laughs> and, but I did, I did uh, support this coffee shop. Thank you and, for your patronage. It's a paradise and, and perks here. I, in, uh, I, 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 did, I, did, I was a patron of several coffee shops this morning, actually. So, so, he came uh, well caffeinated. Yeah, for me, I, I uh, learned something. I want to dig a little deeper into gangplank to learn more about that. Yeah. Uh, to see how that applies to the work that I'm doing in L.A. right now and how I can expand you know that effort so to me that's something new i've heard about it but never paid much attention to it but maybe go a little deeper to understand that today yeah so for me so i'm I'm trying to be constructively dissatisfied um what is it that we could improve perfection game perfection game going on so in my mind this is an eight out of ten and the eight comes from the what i believe is probably Close to optimal attendance for people is yeah. enough to have a very hearty conversation. Yeah. What I also Robust. liked about this yeah. conversation is that we had strategic type topics that yep. I think Dave helped to uh, present or you know suggest, Plan and then we had serendipity, right, right, or you know, um, but ju- I mean, I think that some of Dave's topics was really great, and then we had very tactical level, low level uh, topics as well, mm-hmm. which. I think give this forum a really good platform for a really kind of a mixture mm-hmm. 
something for everyone type of approach. Yeah, the variety was good today. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to your number eight, and you said that, uh, John, you said that four people here is like an optimum number. And as I was setting up before anyone arrived, I was thinking, best case, four people are going to be good. Four people is good. Yeah. Because I have four microphones. (laughs) (laughs) Beyond that, what would it take to bring it to a 10, in your opinion, John? So for a 10, honestly, I think lower level ambient sound. Yes. To put it I very totally lightly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and maybe a little bit bigger of a table and maybe even stronger adherence to some of the conventions of Agile Coffee. I think I've got a hunch that so it could be better. Yeah, maybe a visual timer. I want to experiment with a visual timer. A visual timer, timer which yeah. we've had in the past, but yep. I think iterate on the timer yeah. itself. How about um, adhering to a topic? Do we kind of meander too much, or is that the point of, of an Agile Coffee? <laughs> you know, I, I like dynamic conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have too much constraint, mm-hmm. then it, it doesn't seem authentic. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the fact that we meander and go off in different places is, is natural. That's what we do. You ever try to, to sit down and concentrate and think about one thing? Right. All of a sudden, you're thinking about, oh, I need to go clean but the I bathroom. I think, think that maybe in a year from now, we can take the topics that were all related to a particular oh, yes. theme like a and assemble that together in a podcast. You know, kind of yeah. like the best of this organizational strategy or whatever we want to talk about, you know, or those different snippets from previous exactly. coffees. Certainly. Yep. Um, Certainly. With you there, or, too. Or yeah. ta- more strategic type focused, and then mm-hmm. maybe more one or two more tactical focused ones. Because yeah. we kind of do the range. As long as it's not a zero-sum game. In yeah, other words, right. I spent my precious dots on my cards. And right, I really right. want to. I really want to hear what you guys think about some of these topics. So, if it's a plus one or like a plus topic, and we we do loop back to the, what the card was intended for, then I'm happy. But if it comes at the expense of my my time box, then I'm thinking like, oh man, like I really, I wish we could cover this plus plus other stuff. So. Maybe we get the best of both worlds. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, like I said, I like dynamic conversations. So, and even though they're, they're, they're time boxed, mm-hmm. we should do the mm-hmm. best that we can yeah. to continually innovate and be creative in our conversations mm-hmm. without being too overly constrained. May, and, and on that note, maybe if we time, if, maybe if we pause the burn down when we know that we've gone off topic, but we're willing to return. Then we unpause the burn down when we're back on the card. There you go. <laughs> Just an so idea. So podcast, keep the mics recording. Yes. But pause the burn down. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that idea. All right. Well, that brings us neatly to an end of today's Agile Coffee podcast. Uh, what do you think? What are your observations? If you could participate in this retrospective, what would you like to contribute? Please reach out to us on Twitter with the hashtag Tell Agile Coffee and let us know because we are iterating on what is an Agile Coffee podcast. I'd like to once again thank everyone for participating today. So Dr. Dave Cornelius can be reached at D-R-D-A Cornelius, C-O-R-N-E-L-I-U-S on Twitter. John Jorgensen can be reached at Water Scrumbon. Water Scrumbon. Got all his bases covered. And Brett, (laughs) Brett Palmer... Uh, can be reached at Brett underscore Palmer. Again, that's Brett with two T's underscore P-A-L-M-E-R. 
I'm Vic Bonacci, your host of Agile Coffee. You can reach out to me at Agile Coffee. And we thank you once again for joining us for another lively session of engaged dialogue in the world of Agile. How's that for an outro? (laughs) Join us next time. Coffee. Coffee. Coffee.